Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I'm your host, Jake. And I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Average Husbands. We have a special episode for you today with some bonus content coming later this week. So we're going to do a full episode doing a mock draft, focusing on redraft. And I'll let Jake give all the parameters that we put in. But before we get to that, Jake, what are you drinking this week? This week, I am drinking Goose Island's summer uh, lemonade shandy. So they're Goose Island 312 Lemonade Shandy, uh, bringing in at 4.2% alcohol. It's a wheat ale with natural lemon flavor. Ooh, wheat. And I am what are you drinking, Kyle? My first beer, thank you, guys. I had to just take over for you since you gapped me there. But I am drinking Lagunitas Super Cluster Ale, which is a Citra Hopped Mega IPA of intergalactic proportions. Which I generally don't love IPAs, but I do really like Lagunitas, so I have a feeling I'm going to like this. We'll we gonna find out. I personally really like IPAs. I just like stouts more. So eventually I'll get to the point where I have to start drinking IPAs on the podcast just because. But Kyle, what is the other special piece of uh, something that we have Ooh. this week? Ugh. Bonus content. Ugh. So as I alluded to last week, I sent Jake a surprise. I didn't tell him I was doing it. And then uh, just wanted to kind of see what his opinion was, just really for the two of us. And then I... I did send one shout-out down to Uncle Kyle as well for hooking me up with some Tasty Tacos sauce, but unveiling some T-shirts, front logo, very basic, two average husbands, and then I could try to flip and show the back. I don't know if you can see that. Did you see that? Yeah. All right, sweet. So the back says four beers, four topics, and then at two average husbands. So excited to have these as well now, too, just a little bit of additional flair for the podcast for us to have uh who knows if we will ever try to create some sort of a commercial variant of our t-shirt we will we'll do it live for sure so first hundred subscribers once we hit a hundred subscribers on youtube we'll give one away that was decided right now by me so kyle had no input on that whatsoever but first once we hit a hundred subscribers on youtube we will give one away so make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel these t-shirts because i'm making them myself uh, along with the help of my wife, so uh, hey, doing as best as I can. But no this is a very this is a very nice material shirt. My Dude. only complaint: you still think I wear larges? Well, I'm a medium man now, Kyle. So I will speak on on my own behalf there. So Carly, on the material side, found the hookup for these uh, specific T-shirts, and they are super cozy and super comfortable T-shirts. Uh, which is why we got those, and she's been kind of like custom making her own t-shirts recently, which is why I ended up just um, piggybacking off of her and getting the same brand. But the problem was, is they're 100% cotton, and I've never had this material before, so I had no idea how much they were going to shrink. So mine is also a large. It is a little bit big, but I anticipate that hopefully it'll shrink to fit a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the softer t-shirts that I've put on in quite yeah, some time, so I, it's, it's a very great material. Cannot recommend this brand enough, but like kyle said this is going to be a special mock draft episode so it says redraft up at the top we are going to mimic this off of our redraft league that we are in Um, so this is going to be similar not entirely the same but um, i'm picking out of the five spot mostly just because i have a draft coming up soon and i'm picking out of the five spot in that so i just want to get a rough idea of what that looks like Um, there's keepers involved in that league so it'll obviously look a little different Um, Kyle decided to pick out of the three spot. We are going to auto draft for the remaining picks on there uh, to kind of go by ADP just because we do know a lot of people out there who, you know, a lot of people who aren't as into fantasy as Kyle and I, a lot of people do pick very heavily off of ADP or at least near ADP ranges and want the guys uh, that they like for those teams. Um, Roster settings are, uh, can be seen on the screen, but they are as follows. Um, So we will do one quarterback slot, two running back slots, two wide receiver slots, one tight end slot, three regular flex spots, and then one super flex spot. And then I think it's like six or seven bench spots as well. Um, We're not going to take that long doing this. Um, We're going to try and talk through our picks as we go as well and just kind of explain why we are doing each of those picks. But once Kyle tells me he's good to go, I'm going to hit start. I am good to go. And the only thing I'll add on to that is, yeah, we talked about doing kind of like a back and forth with just the two of us going for every other pick. But being true to the ADP is realistic in a lot of drafts like Jake was mentioning. But also just from a pure time constraint, like Jake and I could probably argue back and forth all day long for an entire draft like this, and it could take hours. So, But see, that's why I think it'd be fun. 
I think it would be too, and we can definitely think about that for a future episode, especially as we get like really close to start of NFL season. Maybe we'll look to do that. But right now, we're trying to because we're doing a two episode week, kind of keep this one a little bit more consolidated. Which we can't be more excited about what we're going to be doing this Friday. And so we'll kind of throw some shout outs on Twitter and keep giving hints as to what exactly what we're going to be doing uh, for that episode. But we are absolutely stoked for that episode as well. Let's just say it has a couple callbacks to a few different episodes that we've done. Three or four, actually, at this point, to be exact. So I'll let any of the uh, listeners and fans figure that out. Um, like I said, like Kyle said, going to throw some hints out here and there on Twitter. So make sure you give us a follow there at 2ABGHusbands. But with that note, we are going to go ahead and start it off. Let's do it. So, ooh, the ADP is already throwing curveballs with the Dalvin Cook at the 101. Too. Yeah, so I th- off the board first is Dalvin Cook at the 101, and then Christian McCaffrey quick after that at the 102. I think that's fair. Like, I don't – I could see the reason that, especially in a regular redraft league, that somebody would go Cook over McCaffrey just because Cook does have some pretty, you know, decent injury history himself. But with McCaffrey coming off injuries last year, new quarterback, more wide receiver weapons there than, than years prior, I could see someone being a little bit hesitant. Um, I still – I picked from the 101 in our league. I went McCaffrey right off the rip. That wasn't even a question yeah. for me. But Cook is definitely my two. And I think the big thing, too, here is that you're going to see a, a, a little bit of a shift in ADP anyway because we added the super flex spot, which is going to kind of switch this as opposed to your more traditional league. But – that's fine. I think it's still realistic that even in redraft, you're going to see this. Uh, maybe not that specific switch, but you'll see some of the similar stuff just with people as opposed to computers. This actually makes it really tough for me. The 103, I think, is a pretty tough spot because for me, the what I'm looking at right away is Cook McCaffrey, and then it gets a little tougher after that. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna take the super flex spot out. Um, let's just just because I want to keep it more traditional um, for the regular viewers here. So we'll just talk about like. The, we'll talk about the Superflex format and how we would kind of approach that. Well, I mean, really, too, and if if you want to just speak on it as well while you're, you're fixing this, like, for me, if I'm doing a Superflex, obviously most people are putting a quarterback into that Superflex position. So it makes me look to quarterbacks earlier, for mm-hmm. sure, as opposed to a traditional redraft, but also looking at, um, you know, probably picking my number one quarterback that I'm going to drop in early because they're going to go so... Once the quarterbacks are broken, dude, it's going to go so fast. So then the second one will have to be a little bit more difficult, but that'll probably be like a maybe like a fifth, sixth rounder for me. Uh, could be a little later looking for the second one in a super flex. I don't know for sure. I haven't done many redraft super flex, but um, it's hard to say. But I am going to go out uh, Kamara here, uh, mostly just because I, we're doing a PPR here too. Um, so in a PPR league, Alvin Kamara is still going to freaking eat. He's an absolute beast of a running back. Even with the loss of Drew Brees, I think he's still going to be the, like the number one piece on that offense, especially for the beginning of the season while Michael Thomas is out. So Kamara's my pick, and then right after me goes Derrick Henry at the 104, and then it is Jake's pick. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, a lot of people are still running high on Henry. I I love Derrick Henry, the football player. I don't love him as a fantasy player for whatever reason. He's just like one of those guys that my brain just can't wrap around drafting for some reason. I think because yeah. I play mostly PPR leagues and his PPR ceiling is so low. Um, but yeah. this this was a this is a very standard start. Um, yes. A lot of people would probably argue Henry over Kamara. Some people are completely out on Kamara this year. Some people aren't worried about him. I'm one of the people who's not overly worried about him. Uh, you know, they, they talked about um, – the downside of Taysom when he started last year. And I really don't think it impacted him all that much as much as the injuries at the time did. Um, so, but for me here, if I'm picking at the 105, um, like Kyle said, in a super flex league, I'd definitely be going quarterback early. Um, it's not uncommon for the first like six or seven picks to be quarterbacks, but here I'm going to go with Jonathan. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor at the five. Um, he's just the running back that I'm the most confident in producing this year. If it weren't for him, um, you know, him, Saquon, and Zeke are kind of all in that same category of players that, you know, you're going to get a great running back either way. Barkley, obviously, is coming off the, the leg. Are they going to, you know, slowly bring him into the offense a little bit? Zeke is coming off a down year, so you want to see how he bounces back. Um, I would probably just lean Taylor there just because I feel like, again, he's, he's the most talented player on his team which I feel like is going to lead him to be, you know, frequent, uh, get touches pretty frequently. Yeah, um, absolutely. After that, we saw Nick Chubb, great pick there. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Adam Jones, or uh, not Adam Aaron Jones, Jones, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, uh, I think Aaron Jones is probably one of the more underrated 
running backs in football. Um, but since yeah. we're approaching this like a true like a redraft league, the way that I tend to draft in redraft leagues is I am a uh, the strategy is typically referred to as robust RB. I would rather have a lot of running backs in the mid tier wide receivers than the high tier wide receivers and mid tier running backs. So I'm also going to go wide receiver here or running back here. And since it is a full PPR league, I'm going to go Austin Eckler. I think Austin Eckler has a legitimate argument for being like a top eight pick in full PPR leagues. Yeah, absolutely. And I just to kind of skim over the rest of these really quick. So after Aaron Jones in the first, starting the second round was Devontae Adams, uh, Stephon Diggs, Patrick Mahomes, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey, and then to Jake with Eckler. And then right after him was Mixon. But uh, the interesting thing is Team 10 taking the Green Bay stack. And just to kind of tackle onto what you were just saying really quickly is also I think there was a lot of concern with Aaron Rodgers, and that's why Aaron Jones was falling off uh, or falling down the draft boards a little bit. But now he's solidified his position, and I don't think that's a worry anymore. So you're going to see Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams probably ADP rising a little bit as we lead up to draft season would be my guess. But hard to say there. Yeah, it's coming back to where it was you know, earlier in the offseason, which makes a lot of sense. I was never, I'm never worried about either of those two guys. Like, even if it's Jordan Love in, at the position, like Aaron Jones is still going to get his touches. He's still going to catch passes. Devontae Adams, I think, is one of the few quarterback-proof wide receivers in the league. Um, Patrick Mahomes goes 2-3, which I think is early for a quarterback in standard redraft um, or in yeah, one, in one brother, quarterback redraft, yeah. unless yeah, unless it's my brother. Um, I also personally think Metcalf went a little high here. I get that this is the ADP of sleeper, but I personally, Metcalf's a, a little bit of a later pick for me just because he's he's high ceiling, but his floor is a little bit lower than others. Um, Kels is a, a great pick at the six as well. Um, some most a lot of people I've seen people argue for him being the one one even in I'm gonna you know, interrupt you just really running back heavy time here but uh, I agree with Jake here on going running back and getting better running backs early so I'm gonna despite the ADP of DeAndre Hopkins being above him I'm gonna go Najee Harris here because I think he's just gonna dominate and also I'm quick on the turn so I can look for a, a wide receiver now as it comes back to me and not have to worry about the running backs so much uh, so for me and honestly just truly looking at ADP for wide receivers, it'd be tough for me to disagree with what I'm seeing uh, on the board right now, because I think I'd be probably silly not to go Calvin Ridley here, which is exactly what I'm going to do, yeah. uh, because he this year, dude, he's going to eat. They lost uh, Julio Jones to the Titans now, and Ridley's really the best option they have now, except for maybe Pitts, and so Matt Ryan's still going to throw those balls to Ridley, and as long as Ridley can stay healthy in a 17-game season, he's going to go crazy. Yeah, I agree entirely there. Um, so after your pick, uh, DeAndre Hopkins goes. Makes sense. He's probably the most underappreciated receiver in football. Uh, my personal, one of my personal favorite running backs, Antonio Gibson, goes at the two ten, uh, with Justin Jefferson coming at the turn there. AJ Brown uh, and then Dobbins after the Ridley pick. Uh, see, that's my thing. Is all four of those wide receivers? I would take them over DK Metcalf in a non dynasty league. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you there too. I think so, DK Metcalf definitely went early. Um, where I'm picking here, um, I have two approaches that I either go here. Um, if, if I like one of the wide receivers, which my favorite eight wide receivers are off the board. So there goes that idea for me. Here I'm either going to go running back or I'm going to go tight end, depending on what my approach is. My yep. older approach would have been running back instantly. More recently, I've been leaning into those heavy tight end tiers a little bit, especially since this is a 10-team league. It's going to be a little bit more of a premium, in my opinion, and the running backs are going to be a little bit more you know, consistent there. Um, so I'm going to go Darren Waller here. Darren Waller is my tight end one. If he plays a, a full season in his offense, he's the hands-down best option in that offense. I think, especially in dynasty terms, I think Waller is a better long-term asset than Kels. Um, Let's see who went after me here. Uh, DeAndre, which Swift would have been the running back that I went had I gone running yeah, back sure. there. Um, George Kittle comes off the board at 3 7. No Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Terry McLaurin. I'm lower on Terry McLaurin than most people. That's fine. Um, Jacobs went a lot higher here than I think he normally would. Um, but given this. I'm surprised this, Keenan Allen fell into the fourth, honestly. I'm, I, I can't believe somebody didn't take. Like, I get for like team eight, maybe. He could have gotten Miles Sanders on the turn anyway, and I'm not that high on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, so I, he, and he might have even gotten Edwards-Alaire on the turn, so I probably would have gone Keenan Allen in his position, but that's just me. 
Yeah. Um, Julio, Miles Sanders, and then Chris Carson following that up. Josh Allen, the second quarterback off the board. That is I'm, so early for Josh Allen, especially since we lost the fucking super flex spot. I don't. I would not take him in the fourth. I'm I'm lower on Allen than most. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Him and Kyler are pretty interchangeable to me. Um, but with my pick here, this is probably where I start looking at the board and going, all right, what are the running backs look like? What do the receivers look like? And while I do like David Montgomery a lot, I like Allen Robinson more. So I'm going to take my first wide receiver here with Allen Robinson. Kyler goes the pick after at the 4-7, and then it's back to Kyle here. Yes, and so like Jake was saying earlier, if I if some miraculous way like Kittle had fallen to me in the fourth round, which never would have happened, I would have gone tight end here. But because now that the top three tight ends are off the board, I am in no hurry to get a tight end. Um, so I'm looking at and like Pitts. There's no way in a redraft that I'm taking Pitts. Uh, in the fourth round either i know some people are super high on him uh, but for me personally i'm not i'm not doing it there's no way in dynasty absolutely i'd be looking for pits but absolutely not in a redraft so uh looking at the board here i'm I'm of the same opinion with you on david montgomery and if somehow he follows to me in the fifth uh, i'll be excited i'll take him but in the meantime i'm gonna go with uh, a trusty wide receiver again and get a good stack going here uh, i am going to this is going to deviate from what i would typically do but uh, instead of going Mike Evans here, I'm actually going to go down the list and hit Amari Cooper. I think with Dak coming back this year, as long as he is able to make it out healthy, uh, and then I just missed Montgomery on the turn, but I think Cooper's still going to go absolutely insane. And I could have taken Evans there too, but there's a lot of weapons in the Tampa Bay offense, and if they're all healthy, it's going to be tough for them to all get their share. Which is contradictory to what I just did in our redraft league, and I picked up Evans instead. So that's kind of what I wanted to do here and just see what my team looked like in the end. Yes, I did, Uncle Kyle. I did open up my package. This shirt is on here. If you haven't opened yours, please feel free to do so. Send us a picture of, of, the, uh, of yourself in the shirt. Uh, we always want to see you know, everybody enjoying these lovely T-shirts that Kyle put together for us. But like Kyle said, I think Amari Cooper is the wide receiver one in that offense. I love C.D. Lamb, but at least for this year, Cooper's still the guy that I'd lean towards there. I don't like Mike Evans. Again, a guy I just don't want to really roster. Cooper Cup. Not the wide receiver I would take off the board first in that offense. That's the just interesting me. thing about Mike Evans though is his consistency is strong. Like he's not he's, gonna, oh, he yeah. doesn't have the ceiling of like a Chris Godwin or an Amari Cooper, but he's going to be a consistent source of points on your roster. And so, uh, like in our redraft league, I had Justin Jefferson as a keeper, so I was willing to take that gamble earlier on Mike Evans as a consistency piece on my offense yeah. instead of. Uh, but if I hadn't had Justin Jefferson as a keeper, I would not have taken Evans. Or yeah, Evans is a guy that you're drafting for his floor. I think we pretty much saw his ceiling last year. Like, I don't think he's going to score 13 touchdowns again, um, yeah. which is why I tend to fade him a little bit more. Um, and then ETN and Montgomery off the board, that makes sense. Those are probably you know guys you're looking for in the fifth round if they're there. And I will, however, dropping into the fifth round, take Chris Godwin at the 503 as opposed to Mike Evans because of the ceiling. Now that I've got more of a consistency piece probably in Cooper, I'll go to Godwin. Uh, and then after me is Mike, Mark Andrews to Team 4, and then back to Jake for the next pick. Uh, I hate Mar Mark Andrews being tight end 4, but it is what it is. I could go on for days about that. Um, what I would do here, um, obviously with the running back talent that's gone, I could go wide receiver here. Um, I could take my quarterback here. Um, Lamar, to me, is quarterback 2, and I think this is probably the round where you start looking for him a little bit more. Um, I'm going to approach this a little bit differently than it, I, I would normally draft as well. Um, I'm going to go Robert Woods here. Um, Robert Woods to me is going to be the main wide receiver in that offense. And I think Stafford's play style and the way he, he tends to run an offense, uh, will play well to those, uh, those options there. Team nine's getting real. Thank you. Team nine's getting real wild over there with fucking six wide receivers to start a draft. Yeah. The crazy thing is. I've seen that in legitimate like leagues that I pay money to play in. Like some people are, are very big believers in the zero running back approach just because of the value that you can get at wide receiver. And it doesn't matter how many flex spots you have. Like with three dedicated or sorry, four dedicated flex spots now without the super flex, like there is a lot of room for you to stack points at the wide receiver position. I still would never do it. I just don't have faith in that type of a system. Mm. And also you shouldn't be drafting like depending on like what this computer's thinking, quote unquote, I would not draft players with the intent of trading them. It is a bad policy, in my opinion, because you never know what those trades are going to look like or what the yeah. value is going to be. I'm, draft to have your starting roster. I also kind of agree with that. Um, there's a lot of people in the fantasy world that are very heavy into the idea that you draft for value and you trade for need. 
while it's a great idea and concept, in my experience, that rarely works in leagues, especially if you're devoid of a position, everybody is going to force you to overpay. Like I've seen people having to give up multiple first round picks for Trey Sermon because they don't have a single other running back on the roster. Um, But based off of the other picks that have come off the board here, um, I do like some of the running back value that's on the board here, but Deontay Johnson is a guy that I love to have on my rosters, especially in full PPR. And that's exactly, yeah, Yeah. that's exactly where I'm going as well. He's going to continue to eat in that offense. There's plenty of people who are going to argue, oh my God, drops. Sorry, if he drops the ball a lot, that means they're throwing him the ball a lot. Also, even by ADP alone, like, Miles Gaskin and Deontay Johnson, who are you going to take Deontay Johnson all day? Yeah, Gaskin's just too, I don't want to say inconsistent, but it's just confusing about the way that Miami's going to trust the running back position. Obviously, it seems like Gaskin is their guy, which more power to him. Um, I, you know, I myself was a huge Miles Gaskin fan at the end of last year. Uh, he helped me out a ton. But when it comes to a redraft league, I'm going to take guys that I'm confident in, and I'm just not confident in how big of a role Gaskin's going to play moving forward. I'm not going to lie, I really like the way this draft is falling for me so far, but I'm gonna, I am going to fill in just really quick from the ones that between Jake's last pick and this pick. So after Jake in the fifth, we had Daryl Henderson off the board, Lamar Jackson in the fifth, Pitts came off at the 508, and then you had CeeDee Lamb, Russell Wilson. Starting the sixth, you saw Thielen, Chase, Moore, Galladay, and Robinson come off the board, and then following Jake, like we already talked about, was Gaskin, which brings it to me. And here, there's a lot of really good options at a couple different positions, but I think this is – I'm going to disagree with what I was just about to say. I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take a little bit of a gamble and I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. And I was thinking about going with Lockett, but two things. I think, A, Lockett could fall to me here, which is what he did. And if he didn't, what I was going to do is go Javante Williams there, but then that went the pick before me. So that's unfortunate. I was going to reach a little bit and grab him there. But uh, because he didn't fall to me, there's still nobody that I love at the running back position, and I think I could get a lot of them later in uh, in the draft. So that did get a little tougher for me. I am probably just going to do what I thought I was going to do, though, and take Lockett. I think Lockett's going to be a consistency piece, and now I have a, an absurd wide receiver stack, so I'm going to have to start looking at a different position. But this stack of receivers with the given flex spots that I have is going to be insane, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, I, I definitely have no complaints about the way that you've picked there. Um, I like Ayuk a lot. Uh, it's an, another offense like the Pittsburgh offense that has a lot of mouths to feed, but it, we, I, I feel like Ayuk, he's such a unique talent in what he can do with the football in his hands that I think they're going to continue to feed him there. Um, you see Kareem Hunt off the board, everybody's favorite backup. Um, terrible human, solid backup running back. Uh, we have the pencil that is Devonta Smith. Dude, he's uh, already injured. Yeah. I don't even know if he's going to play. Coming off the 6'10", Dak coming off the board in the 7th, Javante Williams. Again, you do have the concerns of him maybe not playing the full season as the, the RB1 there, but I do think he takes that over relatively quickly. Yeah, um, T. Higgins was admittedly my target in this spot, um, so this is kind of throwing me off of my plan a little bit. Um, so when I see the board fall like that, I've seen a lot of really, really good wide receivers off the board already. Um, I think we're at a tier break now where no matter who I pick, it's not a great pick. Um, but given the way that I'm seeing this board fall and seeing TJ Hawkinson here, this is one of the few times I'm going to get going to go against my own ideas. And I am going to draft Hawkinson knowing that I'm going to be able to flip one of these top six tight ends for some good asset at some point, you know, it's, it's going to hit a point where somebody's going to need a tight end and they're going to come to me because I have two elite tight ends, um, off the board after me, DJ Chark. No one really knows what he's going to do this year, so no surprise to see him going a little bit later than previous years. Uh, Mike Davis, a guy again, maybe he's going to be the starter. He is the starter right now. We don't know what that Atlanta offense is going to do. Uh, Michael Thomas, 7-8. Given this was an ADP pick, that's early given the injury. Um, That's truly because of the injury because in a lot of leagues he's still going or was still going up until the surgery news, probably in the second, third round. Mm-hmm. So for him to drop to the seventh round doesn't surprise me, and I think we're going to continue to probably, like you said, see that ADP drop a little bit. Yeah. Following him, Noah Fant, my uh, my tight end five there. Juju comes off the board. I think that's a solid value spot for Juju. Um, but seeing the way that this board is falling, uh, I still don't love the tier that we're in, but I'm going to go with my gut here, and I'm going to take Ronald Jones. Um, I, he's clearly the best running back on that roster, and the fact that Leonard Fournette goes before him in drafts is mind-blowing to me. We're talking about a guy who – was like the set like pure of pure rushers like pure rushing stats i want to say he was like sixth or seventh in the league like i love ronald jones and i have taken him in a lot of leagues 
usually as a later pick. But I love the talent there, and I think, sure, he's going to lose some carries to Fournette over the course of the season. But I think Rojo, and he's, he's been impressing in camp, too, and so, which is no surprise. And I, I still have a lot of faith in Ronald Jones as a, a later round running back. Yeah, Jones had the, the 12th most rushing yards of all players, 11th of all running backs. On limited carries comparatively, I, I just don't – Bruce Arians is going to keep doing Bruce Arians things, but Jones is the best running back on that offense. He's only 24 years old. I'm going to take the shot if he's there in the eighth round any day of the week for me. Yeah, absolutely. And then what I'm going to do here is skip over this quarterback ADP nonsense. I don't want to take a quarterback this early in redraft. And I am going to take uh, a pick here that is similar to my opinions on Ronald Jones, which is Raheem Mostert. Because I still think he's the number one back in the San Francisco offense, and he's going to be successful there still. He's not going to be in my starting lineup, but I love having him for the flex option or for a backup on the uh, bye weeks or as injuries come about. Yeah, I agree entirely there. Uh, Mostert's, you know, still the one in that offense. Um, you hope he stays healthy this year, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Herbert, 8-9, don't hate that pick. Debo, 8-10, don't hate that. Melvin Gordon, yeah, that makes sense here, um, especially with, you know, looking off the team that they built out of that one spot, that's definitely probably a pick I would make as well. Uh, Waddle yeah. coming 9-2. Again, an unknown, a guy with a lot of injury concerns, but we all know he's a very unique talent, so it'll be interesting to see how he does this year. But given the rest of the board, I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm having a harder time on this one because I know what I'd like to do, but I'm hoping that it falls to the later round. So I'm going to hold off, and I'm going to oh, – I just don't love the picks. I don't I don't think I can bring myself to do this. Oh, it hurts. There's one person that uh, – People have a lot of faith in that I don't necessarily, so I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to not do what I was thinking about doing later. This is a tough one for me. This is a tough spot to be in because there's still good talent on the board. I just don't know exactly which direction I want to go. So I think I have been picking up both of these other receivers a lot, but I already have a solid receiver stack. So I'm going to make the decision. Screw it. I'm going Dallas Goddard. I'll take a tight end in the ninth. I don't love Dallas Goddard. I have a hard time making that pick. I don't like the Eagles' offense. I'm also a Dallas fan, so I hate everything about Philadelphia, but I do think he's in a reasonable tight end, and I need to fill the spot eventually. I think he's going to be one of the last ones that truly has a volume play in the ninth round, so I'll take it. I'll make the pick. Yeah, don't again, don't hate it. Don't love it, personally, but it is it what it is. Um, giving, again, we're still kind of at a tier break where, where I think – you know, you're almost reaching a little bit for anybody that you do pick here. Um, a lot of people would probably go Trey Sermon here just because um, with Raheem Mostert's injury history, it seems like a given that Mo- that Sermon's going to play a pretty decent role, and they did trade up for him, and it's one of the few times you've ever really seen Shanahan trade up for a running back. Um, I'm personally going to throw a bit of a dart here. Um, in most situations, I would probably go Jerry Judy here. I am probably one of the highest people in the fantasy football realm on Jerry Judy. Um, I think his talent's very unique. And if you give him a decent quarterback, he's going to be a great play. Um, but like I said, I tend to favor having multiple running backs on my roster. So I'm going to actually go James Connor here. Connor's a running back that I don't like, but Chase Edmonds is a running back that I really don't like, and I don't see any reason that James Conner can't break out and take a much larger role in this offense going forward. Arizona fans don't even like James Conner. Nobody likes James Conner besides Pittsburgh fans like Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Um, but off the board after Jake was Kenyon Drake, Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry, Aaron Rodgers, which was I, I had a hard time not taking Rodgers in the ninth, but I have a quarterback that I'm, I have my eyes out for instead. Mike Gesicki at the 9-10. On the turn, Trey Sermon, like you said, not surprised there, uh, given the injury history of Mostert, and he's also going to be a talent in that offense. It's just a matter of when does he take over and start getting the reps. David Johnson, I think, is of value in the 10th. Even though David Johnson's getting a little older and Houston's going to absolutely suck, uh, David Johnson is still going to be the number one running back in that offense, and he's going to still play. So not number one on the depth chart right now, my guy. I still think by the time the season starts, David Johnson's going to be the one getting all the majority of the work um but i could be wrong uh hollywood brown off the board at the 10-3 aj or not aj brown antonio brown excuse me at the 10-4 and then brandon cooks before jake's second pick this is i don't get why antonio brown is still creeping up draft boards like if you take out the game where he was force-fed targets just to hit contract incentives like 
he didn't do anything. He wasn't a great receiver while he was there. Like, if you watch the games, like, he's very clearly not the same guy that he was previously. But we live and we learn, and I'll let everyone else draft him so I don't have to. Uh, Brandon Cook's probably the most under appreciated wide receiver in football especially from a fantasy perspective very consistent wide receiver too that keeps going later and later in drafts every single year don't know why um this is the point where i'm going to target quarterback um i'm between typically in this position between jalen hurts and ryan Tannehill. um i'm going to take Tannehill here i think i'm probably again Tannehill is a top eight quarterback uh fantasy quarterback in my opinion i think his rushing upside is very underappreciated and while i do really like jalen hurts and i'm probably one of the bigger jalen hurts truthers out there as well Tannehill's floor is something that I can't look at look past at this point um Hertz's floor is going to come a lot from his rushing ability um and I think teams are going to be able to neutralize that a little bit and with some questionable wide receiver options at best uh in that offense you know I, I gotta go Tannehill here after Tannehill comes Damian Harris <clears throat> I think a lot of people are finding him to be a value in this point of the draft as well because he's probably going to be the number one in New England or is the number one in New England. Oh, yeah, he's a steal at this point in the draft. If you get but him in I, the 10th round of your leagues. I still am not I'm, – I'm, not, I'm not taking any running back out of New England just because I don't like running backs from New England. I am. Especially give as me, long as Cam give me, is still the quarterback. Give me all the Harris shares. I don't care. However, I am 100% with you that Jalen Hurts is what I was targeting, and I'm so glad you went Tannehill because I'll take Hurts there. And after me, LaVisca. LaVisca. I can't ever pronounce his name. LaVisca Chenault. Tom Brady, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow, back to me in the 11th round. Um, this is probably an easier pick for me. Uh, there is a there is somebody that I probably should take, and then the person that I'm going to take, which is going to be Zach Moss. I'm looking for a little bit more running back depth, and I think Zach Moss will be the premier running back on the Buffalo offense. I think Devil, Devin Singletary kind of sucks. Uh, I took a trade from Jake for Devin Singletary just because it was a non-paid league that I didn't really care about. Uh, but I have no real faith in Singletary, and I think Zach Moss is going to be the guy in Buffalo right now. The problem with not having faith in Singletary is, is Zach Moss is also bad at football. <laughs> so I can't wait to see who they draft next year. Um, Josh Allen is their running back. So. It, basically. Um, Gronk comes off the board. Again, this is a guy I don't get why he goes so high. Like he didn't have, he doesn't have the volume. He's losing a step every single year. He already retired once because of injuries, yep. so he's clearly like having wear and tear on his body. Dude, I don't Gronkowski get... is like literally an 18th round pick for me that you just take as a flyer in the late portion yeah. of Dylan. Yeah, I'll take the dart throw of him there over pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, if I'm looking at the rest of the board here, we're starting to get to a tier where you know there's a lot of questions, injuries, everything is going to come up. So I'm probably going to take the guy who I think has the highest upside here. So probably, probably going to go Will Fuller in this situation. That's exactly um, what I wanted to do with my pick. I, I think his, his ceiling is so high. His floor is low. Obviously, we got to see how Tua ter- develops this year, which I'm a little higher now on Tua than I've previously been. I've been very outspoken against Tua kind of from the jump. But it is what it is. He's got a lot of weapons around him, and I am going to let that play out and see what happens. Um, after me, or after my pick went Trevor Lawrence and Matt Stafford, I w- contemplated picking Stafford there just to see, just to kind of establish that I have a second solid quarterback there. Um, Tanyan, Thomas, Higby, a little tight end run there. Um, I would have taken probably a lot of different tight ends over Tyler Higby, but that's just me. Uh, Corey, I really like Tyler Higby this year. I'm probably I higher don't. on him than most people. Uh, I think... I, I picked him up in our redraft league. I don't know that I'll start him, depending on, because I, I also picked up Hunter Henry. I don't know exactly how I'm going to feel about that uh, later on, but I like Hig- Higby with the new quarterback, and we'll see. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but I like Higby this year. All right, so the way that I'm going to approach this next pick is going to be risky, to say the least, and I think by me saying that, you pretty much know who I'm going to draft. I'm going to take Deshaun Watson here. Um I can't keep letting him fall in the off chance that he does play this year. Because if he does play this year, he's going to be a top five quarterback. He was my quarterback three before all of the issues, um, the off the field issues came up. And I just can't let that talent keep falling. Obviously, he's a terrible person um, if these, you know, with these allegations that have come out against him. Um, but if the man is going to be allowed by the NFL to play football, 
I'm going to take him here. And if he plays, I just got a top three quarterback in the 12th round as like quarterback 17 off the board. Yeah, it's a risky pick, but you already have Tannehill, so I don't disagree. Based on what I'm seeing on the board right now, that's that's a fair pick. I wouldn't do it, like you said, with the risk, but that's a fair pick anyway. Yeah, I mean, I like everybody stopped. else everybody else that I'm drafting here is backup, backup running backs, like second or third string running backs at best, third best receiving options on their offense, or like hurt tight ends. Like it's just, there's no good pick to make here, so I'll take the one that potentially is going to pay off the most. Uh I can't remember where you stopped in announcing the board, but for sure in the 12th round before Jake, we had Corey Davis as the 12-1. Devin Singletary off the board after him, Curtis Samuel, Rashad Bateman, Michael Gallup, and then Jake's pick, followed by Michael Pittman, which I do think is a good value in the 12th as somebody to kind of sit as a potential fill-in. Given Team 4's receiving core, I don't love their team, but I think Pittman's a value where he got him. Uh, And then I'm going to go Mike Williams here because I do think that Mike Williams... Um, has the potential to have a lot of volume. I don't know. everybody. He has the same potential every year, and he disappoints, generally speaking, because Keenan Allen's just so good. Um, but I don't mind having Mike Williams on my bench. And then after that, I'm going to go Mooney. I'm really mad that Team 4 took Elijah Moore there. Uh, saw it coming from a mile away, but that's definitely who I'd be targeting here. Um, he could be the wide receiver one on that team over even Corey Davis by the end of this year. Uh, the man can play inside. He can play outside. I said from the jump, he was one of my top four receivers coming out of the draft last year. The man's just a very special talent. I think a lot of people really underappreciated what he can bring to a team. Um, again, we're at a point in the draft where I don't love anything that I could do here. So I'm going to probably stick with my habit of getting running back depth and go Gus Edwards. He, he's one of the few backup running backs that has standalone value. Um, and and if, if J.K. Dobbins, for whatever reason, gets hurt at some point, you know, Gus Edwards is going to eat in that offense. Um, after me, Henry Ruggs, who I think kind of gets a bad rep. If you look at how he was used in college versus how he was used in the NFL, it doesn't line up. It, it wasn't a He's good... He's also a value here in this, this latest yeah, draft as well. Yeah, and I, I think if they use him more properly, he'll have a better uh, better season there. Evan Engram, everybody's favorite bus tight end, um, who just seemingly can't do anything um, year in and year out besides get balls thrown to him that he can't catch. He's um, so boomer bust too. Like he'll have like the one or two games a year where he's phenomenal, and then nothing else. Yeah. Um, after that, you have Baker and then Fields and then Matt Ryan come off the board. Solid quarterback picks there. Uh, DVP Devontae Parker coming off the fourteen-one. A bunch of backup running backs that shouldn't be drafted probably at all outside of handcuff value. And then Mecole Hardman, who is. I don't get why he's even drafted in the top like eighty wide receivers. Like the man just doesn't do anything. It's mind blowing to me. Um, at this value, at this pick again, at this point in the draft, I'm targeting upside, and I think Janu Smith, even though I already have two tight ends, is probably the highest upside player at this point right now. He's gonna be used in the backfield. He's gonna be used out of tight end sets. He's gonna be used out wide. You know, Bill Belichick loves guys with run after the catch ability like Janu Smith has, and I think it, the sky's only the limit for him here. And I just don't love Nelson Aguilar, especially with Cam playing quarterback. If it was if I knew from the, that Mac Jones was starting from day one, I'd probably go Aguilar here. Um, but I'm not drafting a, a third quarterback. Uh, I'm not taking T.Y. Hilton. I'm not taking Rondale Moore. I'm not taking Russell Gage. Like, there's just so many guys that I don't want here that I'm going to take the one guy that I actually like on the board. Yeah, I don't blame you there. I am going to introduce my beer really quick before I go. Here, let me and pause I the, to do that. So, I, I can pause it. Okay, dope. So my next beer is the Santa Fe Brewing Company. It's called Social Hour, which is a hazy wit-style brew with tropical fruit. And for my last beer with the Lagunitas, I'm going to give it a 7-7. Don't love IPAs. Do love Lagunitas. It was pretty dang good. So happy with that beer. Solid. I'll give mine a rating, too, while we're at it. I'm not done with it yet, but I'm going to give it a solid 6.4. Uh, no shame uh, uh, of anything that's going on with that beer, but it's just uh, it's just not my favorite. You know, don't love it. But on that note, we will get the draft resumed here. This is, in my opinion, where you really need to stop looking at ADP and you really need to start looking for talent because Agreed. nobody here is going to be in your starting lineup. So it's who do you think is going to develop and who do you think is going to be the talent. And in my opinion right here, I think that person could be – I just lost him, so I gotta find him again really quick. Not Rondale Moore. Oh, there we go. Chuba Hubbard. So I think if for any reason, uh, with us 
not necessarily an injury history, but Christian McCaffrey does have a recent history. He's coming of, off of an injury. And some bias for me of him being injured. And I think if he does go down, Chuba Hubbard could step up and have a some carries in a decent season as a fill-in if I needed him. So I'm happy to throw Chuba Hubbard on the bench. And then Rondell Moore did go off. Otherwise, I probably would have taken him if he fell to me. Don't love a ton of these other players. I'm just going to put this out here. Don't draft Adam Troutman. I don't care who you are. I don't care if he's the only. very high on Troutman this year. I don't get it. I hate him. I don't get why are we drafting a running a, a slow tight end who's only really great at blocking just because Michael Thomas is, is hurt? Like, no. They're not going to suddenly start throwing to a tight end yeah. a bunch who's not even a great route runner who can't separate. Like, I'm so out on Troutman, at, especially at his ADP. Like, he's on waivers in a lot of my redraft leagues. Like, if he has a good week, I'll throw a waiver claim at him and see if I can pick him up. But I'm not drafting a guy whose yeah. ceiling is so low. And his floor is so low. Speaking of guys who I think can develop and turn into something great, I'm going to take Tua here uh, for my backup quarterback. Happy to have him as an addition. We'll see what happens this year with the Miami offense with a lot of their pickups. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll do nothing, and if so, he'll sit on my bench and I'll play the fucking uh, swap it, you know, the waiver wire to get my quarterback on my bye week. Makes a lot of sense. I'm going to take Marvin Jones here 9 out of 10 times, 99 out of 100 times that he's here in the 15th. You know, he's probably the wide receiver one on that offense. He's, in my opinion, the most skilled wide receiver on the offense outside of maybe LaVisca, um, and he's just perpetually undervalued. Um, after he went a big running back run of a lot of backups again, uh, Philip Lindsay and Murray both stand out as guys who are going to have standalone value to me. Um, everybody else – Everybody else that goes here, I don't get JV and Hawkins going so high. Yeah. Like the man was like seventh on their depth chart. Like I get there's not a lot of options on offense. I would have taken like Kadri Olison. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I would have taken him over JV and Hawkins there, but whatever. ADP is ADP. Um, here again, if I look at my, I want to kind of see what my roster looks like. Um, I got plenty of running backs. I could use a wide, another wide receiver here. So I'm going to go Amon Ross St. Brown, um, a guy who I feel is putting in the work to really be a solid option in that offense. And we've seen guys with his skill set succeed with Jaron Goff before. So I, it wouldn't be a surprise for me to see Amon Ra go off a little bit. Russell Gage off the board after Jake, which is also in the 16th round, a, a fair play to take and just set him on the bench, see what he does. I have no problem with that. Um, I don't like anybody else at the top of the ADP, to be completely honest. I'd have a hard time taking any of these people. I know I could use a backup tight end, but I can also play the waiver wires there. There are some options that I'd be happy to take, but I think I can get them on the turn. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take take a later round play on Traquan Smith, I guess. I don't love that pick either, but in the off chance that there is quite a bit more missed time for Michael Thomas, Traquan could take some sort of an increase in volume, but I, I don't love the pick either, but it's also the 16th round, so I'm not mad about taking it. And then after that, I'm happy to take uh, the guy that's still on the board that people aren't necessarily as high as I am on, but I'll take Cole Komet too as my backup tight end. Like both of those picks there, can't complain about either of them. Oh, but this gets like again, we're just to the point in the draft where like you're throwing darts and just hoping something sticks. None of nothing is great. Like there's no great options, obviously yeah, there's here. Just nothing that jumps off the board. Um, and you're like, oh, I'd love to have that player, which makes sense in the 17th round. But again, it's going to be a dart throw, and I'd rather a dart throw with upside than a dart throw with limited upside. Um, I'll take Kadarius Tony here. I've probably been the most you didn't, vocal. I was going to end up taking him. <laughs> probably been the most vocal Tony hater in football. Um, I just don't think the man's great, but it's the New York Giants. They're not going to be a good football team again. And maybe just because he's a first-round pick, he'll get force-fed some touches that he otherwise wouldn't. So I'll take him there nine out of ten times, especially because if you look at the next six wide receivers on the board, the only person that I could see surprising here is A.J. Green. Him Davis, some- maybe. I eh. I like Maybe. Gabe Davis. I don't see him like really like AJ Green legitimately could be like I won't say he'll out touch 
DeAndre Hopkins, no but he'll be the wide receiver too in that offense probably. Yeah. Whereas DeAndre has spoken highly of him and everything from camp too. So yeah, there's something to be said about that. But I think Gabe Davis could do something. Yeah. For a 17th round pick. And then here, I'm going to take a real dart throw. Let me scroll down this ADP list a little bit. Team six really cranking it out, by the way, with four tight ends. I'm going to take Tylen Wallace here. Just because I was so high on him coming out, and if Rashad Bateman misses any time, there's no reason. Tylen Wallace is currently, in my opinion, the second best wide receiver on that offense. He's better than Hollywood Brown. He's better than Sammy Watkins at this point. He's better than Devin Duvernay. I see no reason that Tylen can't be a wide receiver one while Bateman is out. Yeah, I don't blame you. Before Jake, we had pretty much nobody of note other than um, I think Fersker could have some volume this year. Not excited about it, though. 18th-round pick, though. Don't blame him. Uh, and then Paris Campbell, Blake Jarwin. And I like Jacoby Myers, but it's very weird. I'm pretty sure I saw this stat today, and let me just pull it up here to see if I can confirm it. Um, but, yeah, the man has caught zero touchdowns in his career. Uh, but has thrown two. <laughs> so, a little weird out of a wide receiver. But, again, just with Cam there, I don't love a lot of the receiving options. And Jamison Crowder off the board after Jake. Love me some Jamison Crowder. You do Anybody love that yourself knows me knows I love Jamison Crowder. I think he's a PPR monster. I don't love him in the new offense with a young quarterback. Uh, I still think Crowder's going to be a safety net for... Zach Wilson, we'll see. I don't know. I probably won't draft him anywhere, but I do love Jameson Crowder. And in the 18th, why the hell not? Uh, but for me, I would rather go Sammy Watkins. It's definitely understandable. I could see why somebody would go there. I'd re- Again, we know what Sammy Watkins is capable of. He'll get you, like, the first three weeks of the season, he'll drop 20 points twice, and then won't break six the rest of the year. That's probably true. I just, with the new team, he's not competing with any of the Kansas City weapons. And in Baltimore, there is a lot of injury history there, and it could be that Sammy Watkins some weeks is their number one receiver. Yeah, I, I get and where you're coming from because he also it. has injury history too, so he could also be injured. But that being said, if he's on the field and there's injuries out there, he could be great on that Baltimore offense. So in the 18th round, no problem throwing him on the bench as a stash. Oh, definitely. Um, if we, I, of course, I lose the. Uh, once the draft finishes, I lose the rest of the guys on the board. But some other guys I would probably look at later in your drafts, just as like a few other sleepers that are out there. Uh, Jacob Harris, the tight end out of Los Angeles, he could definitely play a big role this year. Um, with Higby's skill set being more heavily favored towards blocking, that's why I, you know, I think we could see Harris kind of in the Gerald Everett role of years past where he's used a little bit more frequently for the passing work as opposed to blocking work. Um, Ty Johnson, the running back in... New York. I do think that is going to be a very heavy running back by committee, hence my hesitancy to go Michael Carter overall um, in a lot of situations there. And then if I'm looking at like one other dart throw that I'm thinking here, it'd probably be Brian Edwards. He's going to be the guaranteed wide receiver two in that offense. Get Ben, that still makes him the third best receiving option because Darren Waller is there. Um, I just think He's probably got the skill set to at least be a, a decent wide receiver, even if it's a high-end wide receiver three at best. I'll take you know wide receiver 28 in the 19th round. I'm not going to complain about that. Sure. To kind of close this draft out, I will, for the people that are not watching on YouTube eventually and hearing this on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, I'll burn through my roster really quick and Jake can tear through his. But at quarterback, I have Jalen Hurts. Uh, running back one for me is Alvin Kamara with Najee Harris as my RB2. Then I've got Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper as my starting wide receivers, Dallas Goddard as my tight end, and in the flex positions, I've got Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Lockett, and Raheem Mostert. And sitting on the bench, Zach Moss, Mike Williams, Darnell Mooney, Chuba Hubbard, Tuotoga Vailoa, Traquan Smith, Cole Komet, and Sammy Watkins. Yep, and then for me, I have Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback with Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler as my two starting running backs, Allen Robinson and Robert Woods as my two starting wide receivers, Darren Waller as my tight end, uh, and then my four flexes are Deontay Johnson. It's currently got TJ Hawkinson in there just because of draft order. It'd probably rotate between him and some of my bench receivers uh, week to week. Ronald Jones and James Conner. Um, and then on my bench, I have Will Fuller, Deshaun Watson, Gus Edwards, Jonu Smith, Marvin Jones, Amon Ra, St. Brown, Kadarius Tony, and Tylen Wallace to wrap it up. Dude, this makes me really want to get like the third position in the draft moving forward. I love the roster that I ended up with, not going to lie. Yeah, so ironically enough, 
I picked the fifth pick in the draft that I am having, um, that I do have coming up with Ryan and friends. Um, and I had the option of basically everything but second and fourth. And just based off of who I was keeping, that's why I went with the slot that I was going with. Um, I feel like I have a different, I'm not gonna say my draft strategy just in case anybody checks it out. But um, with the strategy that I have in mind for the draft, it's going to depend on some keepers here and there from other teams. But I really like the ability to target who I'm going to target at 105 and not have to reach for him at all. And then just the turn coming around. Being in the middle, it takes until about, you know, in my opinion, about the 10th or 11th round before you really start hitting those tier breaks. Whereas opposed to if you're picking on one of the ends, I feel like you get hit with those tier breaks a little bit more frequently and you are like almost reaching a little bit, which is something that I don't mind reaching for guys that I like, but I try to avoid that. So I'll pick, I, so that's why I chose five. I was like, it's a nice middle ground for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other than that though, uh, that, that'll close out the mock draft for us. I think that was a ton of fun. And maybe we'll do like Jake said, another one where we're kind of going back and forth head to head as we move towards the end of the draft season and into the NFL season. But we really wanted to just throw an episode in there today to stay consistent with you guys but also expecting that our main episode for the week is going to come on friday as we truly look forward to i can't wait for that episode it's going to be a ton of fun like jake said shout out to some previous episodes we're going to cover some things that we've talked about previously as well as bringing on a surprise guest uh for a special occasion as well so excited for all of those things and for my last beer here with the social hour from santa fe brewing company i'm gonna give it a 6.0 it was fine. I think it's. I'm a little biased on this one just because my IPA had so much flavor. And then I hopped over to this one, which didn't have nearly as much flavor, so it kind of drowned out in my taste buds. But it's still a pretty good beer, and I would drink this again. There we go. Yeah, um, I only drank the one beer, so you're not going to get a second ranking out of me. But I, like Kyle said, we are very excited for um, the episode that we do have coming up. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a long time coming of an episode in our opinion aka we've been texting this guy about it for a few weeks now so we're uh, definitely excited to have them on uh for the episode and it's just going to be a ton of fun um it's like he said too it's celebrating a nice uh, special occasion for this person so uh we're really excited um but you know if uh, if you don't have anything else kyle you ready to wrap it up i am absolutely ready to wrap it up and as always thank you guys for joining us on another episode of two average husbands uh, you can follow Jake at Jake Perry 34 on Twitter and me at Kyle and Herson spelled out like that on Twitter as well. And fo- please, please follow us on uh, all the social medias as well on the at two average husbands account, which is at number two ABG husbands on Instagram and Twitter. And then we're also on Facebook. You can find us there and then like us, follow us, get notifications on YouTube and all that too. And join us live and feel free to keep commenting, but yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for all the support and thanks for joining us again. I can't wait to see everybody on Friday for the special episode. Yes, make sure you tune in. If you like the episodes where we do a lot of drinking, it's going to be a fun one for you. So thank everybody for tuning in. Like Kyle said, make sure you check out all of the social platforms, which will all be posted in the link below. And we will see you guys on Friday. Peace.